Yo, and we are here. We are live. We're back. What's up, Juan? What's Yo, what are you guys saying? How is everyone doing? Boy, well, you know how it is. You know how we go. Lockdown 3.0. Today we'll be rhyming, man. Today we'll just be rhyming. These guys. Um, let's introduce ourselves to the people. Okay. Okay, but before we do that, can I just say happy Ghana Independence Day to any Ghanaians out here that are listening? And even if you're not Ghanaian, join the club because we're amazing. How how does one do that? Um you stop being stuck up as a Nigerian, minus the hair. Why, why are we in there? Why are we in there? Me, I'm, I'm, I'm barely Nigerian. I'm just Nigerian on paper. Just <laughs> Not on me. Eh? Celebrate. I'm even dancing with you. I'm, I'm from one. Earth, so boy. Azonte. What do you do, man? Azonte. The membership is cool, man. What? <laughs> you guys can't see, but they're dancing as well. Uh, what's the plu- What's the what's the what's the verb of azontoing? Is it azontoing or is it I'm doing the azonto? What you're doing is taking up people's time. Yeah. So on my right, we have this wonderful. <laughs> 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 no, I kid, I kid, I kid. I love Nigerians. You guys are my second favorite country. Oh, appreciate that. I'm your first favorite, but we appreciate that. Sorry, Nigerian had to say it. <laughs> but yes, if I was to introduce myself now, if I could, please, because you guys have been speaking so much. God. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> it's me, Stacy. It's me, Phil. And it's me, your friend, your cousin, your honorary Ghanaian, Mr. Data GDR. It is a pleasure to be in your ears. Hey, David, if you're Ghanaian, yeah, what do you think your surname would be? Uh, huh? Sorry? Kwasia. David Kwasia. So he's got a Ghanaian surname. I don't have a Ghanaian surname. David Kwasia. You do? <laughs> I actually don't have a goddamn surname. You do? I think the way surnames work means I definitely don't have a goddamn surname. <laughs> I want to do Ancestry.com with you. Wow. The thing is, I reckon, I actually reckon like there's a good portion of my family that probably is from Ghana, but then I guess there's some from other places as well. And then when you really start to think about it, I'm just from Earth. So <laughs> I guess I have an earthly, terrestrial surname. I hate you Legal. so much. When's the last time you ate beef, bro? Talk about earthly. Instead, I have an earthly surname. Go on with your bad self. I'm from Earth, bro. Surname is from the Earth we come from. Wow. Basically. Well, guys, wait a minute. How's everyone doing, man? Fantastic. Yeah. Am I? I have a migraine. I've been staring at screens like constantly every single day because I'm working from home as well. And then I have a big TV and I just spend my Fridays watching like One Division and stuff. And yeah, my eyes hurt. So there's that. Besides that, I, I think I'm I think I'm pretty decent. I'm Dale. I'm Dale. Thank God. That's Queen good. That's good. Am I? I might, like, I wake up, we work, we Mm. go to sleep, and then the weekend comes, 
and then Monday comes again and I just I just want to be a billionaire I'm just I'm just in it until I'm a billionaire and then life can begin okay so everything up until then is what's going on like everything up until that point I'm just it's ghetto. Everything I put to that point is pretty ghetto. Like, I hear that. Just vibes. <laughs> just vibes until I'm a billionaire. As in? No, really. Okay. <laughs> really. Let's That's call it bad. that. <laughs> what about you, Dave? How have you been? Yeah, man. I've, I've been, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I've been, I've been here and there. You know what I mean? Come on. Been, uh, what I can say uh, mm-hmm. is that I'm very grateful that I have such a strong foundation of love around me during Amen. times during these moments from my family to you guys my friends you know so we here we talking are we feeling good why are we feeling good i'm about to get into why we're feeling good first of all we feeling good because stacy's smile is the essence of beauty no and one wears uh, a gray hoodie like stacy wears a gray like, hoodie. you wouldn't even be able to tell us a gray hoodie you would think <laughs> it's it's the sun shining in your face yeah it's crazy like it's i'm I'm lost for words but also i have too many words do you know what i mean yeah it's it's nuanced it's nuanced yeah absolutely it's duality it's dichotomy even Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but every single word in the dictionary Mm -hmm. to describe effervescence oh (laughs) yes e for elemental f for ver- very nice. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Okay. That's so good. That's so good. That's so good. A vibe. Oh, a vibe. Okay. Yeah. Now, yes. Can oh, we, we have another reason? Oh, oh, what you say? Oh, oh, what you say? I don't cut off the queen because I speak too much, so I'm going to mute myself. We're so out of touch, bro. We're so out of touch, man. <laughs> we need to get back into the mojo. Hey, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. <laughs> got our mojo back. I believe Stacey was going to sing for us. No, it was not going to be me singing, but I was going to ask who's doing the song for us today. Uh, I, I'm, I'm doing a song. I'm doing a song. I think I think this song is an easy one, but because it's easy, I'm thinking I'm going to try and do the verse which I've only sang in my head right now. So hopefully this comes out well. <clears throat> Lovely. Make it make, make it make sense. Make it make sense. Make it make, make it make sense. Make it make sense. And then here's the chorus. Make it make sense make it make it make it make sense make sense make it make it make sense make it make sense make it make it make it sense make Michael Jackson human nature yes yes there we go Stacey we knew that together yeah yeah did you only clock yeah when I started singing the chorus yep do you know do you know when I clocked when Ike told me? Because <laughs> <laughs> in the building, everybody. Ike in the building, live studio audience. Hey, I know, I know, I know. Okay, come. All right, David, what are you saying? So, so yes, 
Well, I was saying before I rudely interrupted the great Queen Stacy is that we have another reason to celebrate because Coming to America 2 came out and oh my gosh, let's get into it. First thoughts, after watching it, if you've watched it, let's go. I'm going to go to obviously the Queen first, Stacy and Pierre Roberts. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so I did watch it. I watched it yesterday night mm-hmm. and I watched it and I finished it. Jeez. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. girl. Great yeah. start. No, great start. That's what. I'm, I'm gonna start off there because you know we gotta take it slow. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't want to throw anyone off. You know. I hear that. I hear that. You want to wind them down first. Mm-hmm. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Makes sense, brother Phil. So we're saying first thoughts, yeah. First thoughts. <clears throat> um, I think my first thoughts were that was fun. Like that. That was that was cool. As in, like. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably what what um, sat with me the most was the amount of callbacks and mm-hmm. knowing that this ain't a film for new audiences, really. It's a film for the people who have seen and loved to any degree the first one. Yep. So it was, it was it felt like a love letter to yeah. to the fans of the first film, which I which I really appreciate. Um, so those are my immediate thoughts. What were your immediate thoughts, David? Exactly the same. I immediately, immediately I saw I was like, yeah, this is a love letter to people like me who grew up with Coming to America as one of my favorite films of all time. And now you're saying, hey, remember this thing or remember this part. And I'm like, yeah, I remember this part because I watched the film again just last week. You know, so it was very, it was very easy to get into and be like, this is amazing. And Coming to America is one of those films that for me growing up, I watched it with my family, so we watched the sequel together as a family, and it was just, it was, it was perfect, man. Honestly, I couldn't have asked for much more. Uh, but uh, that's initial thoughts. Now let's get to the real thoughts, Stacey. <laughs> yeah, let's get right to it. Let's get right to it, because yeah, it was, it was nice to see a lot of black people on my screen. That was great. Blackness, Wakanda for Honestly, love that to the core. Mm. Now, what I didn't understand is Com- how. Coming to the coming to America one was mm. like what well, I think it was like ten minutes longer than the second one, mm. but it was way more enjoyable, made more sense as a story, mm. and I don't know, it it was funnier. I just I don't was it was the second one supposed to be funny? Because I laughed. I think oh. it comes under comedy, so yes, <laughs> I believe the genre is mm. is meant to be funny. Yeah. So okay, so they tried. So okay, okay. I mean, okay. hey, look, look. I was watching it next to Darren. Darren was busting out laughing some a lot of times. So we love that. No, we love that. We love that. We love that. I didn't bust out laughing. I did not. Pardon? At any moment. No, nope. at some moments I did, but there we go. I just I felt like do you know what when I was watching it I felt like it was missing the essence of like I don't I don't know whether back in the day movies were just made better. I'm starting to feel that way nowadays, you know. I'm genuinely start, I'm starting to feel the more money you throw at a movie, kind of the less enjoyable it is for me, Stacey, to watch, unless it's like a full-on action movie, then throw the big bucks at that because that's a vibe to watch. But there's certain things that I'm like, I, I like, I don't know, there's a subtlety that was missing in this one. This one felt very like, 
in your face like mm-hmm. like you guys said it's, it's for people who've already watched the first one who understood it so I guess I didn't really have to tell much of a story it's just like a kind of continuation off of that one but how old were you when you watched the first one do you remember like when you first watched it your first viewing mm, I was pretty young you know I think I was like in high school I think I was like let's say in year 10 year 10 or year 11 so like 15 I watched that uni. Really? Yeah. Oh guys, where have you been? As in, no, as in, okay, so um, my film consumption, a lot of my film consumption as a child and then going into teenagehood and everything was a lot of me just watching what my brother put on. But when I'm saying I'm actually watching it properly, mm-hmm. it was uni. Same with um, Boomerang. It was uni when I actually watched it. You know when you, call, you, know when you watch something and it's like you recall... I don't know. I don't know if this makes sense in it. I hope you guys make it make sense in your heads. But like, you're actually watching it. Like, you're not looking at it. You're watching it. Yeah. My first time was probably uni. I feel that. I feel that. But just going on Stacey's, just going on Stacey's point there. I feel like, um, yeah, that that was something I was going to mention. The fact that they couldn't have done coming to America, like they did the first one, because they actually showed Zamunda properly, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And they can only do that with that level of CGI. And you can only do that with that level of CGI if you throw that much money at it. So yeah, there's there's an element in the first one of um, telling and not showing, which is, is, it's just a different story technique. So it's like, it's what you it's what you resonate with more. So you could describe something to someone and they could feel that more than you actually showing them. So in this in this sequel, they actually showed us a lot of Zamunda um, in, in many different ways. Like you can see where you can, I don't know, I, I think because I've got a trained eye, I can see where, where all the green screen moments were, but um, they, they're actually showing a, 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 a lot of Zamunda where it just doesn't seem like they're just in a forest basically. Um, but then in the first one, it, it was a lot of the idea of Zamunda, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think they're just two different story te- um, techniques that I guess you resonated yeah. with one more than the other. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I like, I liked the um, the cinematography, and I liked like all of the beautiful greenery and all of that beautiful stuff. Even like there's certain, I think there was a fight scene, the first fight scene. I think so only like the training scene that was lovely to see. And Mm. yeah, I really enjoyed certain aspects of it. But in terms of the story, mm -hmm. (laughs) David and Phil, take it away. I just want to, how did you feel about like the costume design as well? Because I thought it was quite nice. Yeah, the costume was really, the design, oh, Mm. oh, it was beautiful. I'm not going to lie. That was amazing. I really like, there's certain compositions that they put together that was so stunning. First, and then that dance scene, Mm. that was, that was my favorite part. That dance scene was a what? And then, oh, it was beautiful, man. It was beautiful, (laughs) like. Literally, there were parts of it that were genuinely really lovely to see. But yet again, if I go down to the story of it all, yep. no. That's it. Right. Fair enough. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just I'm just chiming here if, 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 if I can a little bit. Um, I, I, I definitely understand. I definitely understand your caveats on the story. I think for me, and this is going to come with a bit of a trigger warning for those viewers, uh, adult content, one thing that kind of put a little punch in my gut whilst watching it was like, yo, was was the guy really that sexual assault? No, how the kid came about. That's that's the best way you can write the kid into the story is by doing a sexual assault storyline and just rushing over it like nothing. No, but happened. David, it happened to a guy, so it's kind of permissible. 
<laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> let's be real. I just, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought we were a bit past that. I thought that that was a bit of an outdated joke, so I didn't find that funny. And then, like, obviously, it's a bit in the back of your mind as you're, like, watching the whole story progress, and it's like, well, I guess they've forgiven it, the whole assault of the issue. Uh, so I guess I just got to uh, push that out of my head and just enjoy everything else they're showing. And uh, I really did, man. I, I really, um, as we said, it was a love letter. All the callbacks, everything, all the lines that they re-said when the son was saying lines that the that Akeem had said in the first film, all of that was beautiful to me. And yeah, um, man, what do you guys, I mean, coming to Stacey first, what, what do you think... Or, or, or brother Phil first. Let's go to let's go to brother Phil first. Um, what do you think could have made the story tighter? Because for me, I, again, I, I understand what you guys mean in terms of like I've seen a lot of feedback on Twitter. Like it was cheesy, it was cringy. First of all, it's a comedy. You're gonna watch it with your family. You want a bit of cheese with it, okay? It's like yeah. ordinary pizza without cheese, okay? It's not, it's not gonna be delicious. We just want bread and pepperoni, not yeah. sandwich. Yeah. You can't just see sandwich. You need some cheese. Man yeah. ordered a pizza. Said, "Nah, it's a bit cheesy. It's a pizza." <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. So yeah, so I understood I understood that. And and again, as Stacy said, there were moments where like funny things were happening and I wasn't particularly like <laughs> laughing, but also I could appreciate that, you know, this is these are these are jokes coming in. This is very light in tone yeah, and everything. Like David, we you and I have spoken about this before. Um, obviously off air mm. where it's like when you yeah. watch a comedy it's not every comedy that will make you laugh that you find funny so you may laugh out loud but that's just an expression or visual expression mm. of, of how you feel in terms of the comedy and uh, what you're what you're finding funny but there are a lot of times where you could find some well i don't know about you guys but i know that with david now we've had this conversation there's a lot of times where you can find something funny and not laugh but I genuinely found that funny. I just didn't laugh, if that makes sense. And that maybe because like you understand the comedic science of it and everything, so you understand how it all works and everything. But they're just sometimes, for example, <laughs> Stacey's is going to rip into the show, isn't it? We don't have to get into. It. But Kim's convenience, I don't laugh out loud, but I find the show funny. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? But yeah, dear David, we've definitely had this like conversation before. So hundred percent, hundred percent. But back to my back to my question. So story wise. What do you think they could have done to make it tighter or should they have just left it alone? I feel like they should have just left it alone. I don't feel like... I don't... Like, what? I don't... I, I, okay, I understand, yeah. Everyone feels like a film expert and obviously in me saying this, I'm kind of coming, coming across as one as well. Hmm. But I feel like this film wasn't supposed to be this amazing story that was tight and everything. It's just, it's just a sequel. Like, you can see it as... Um, from a business point of view, it's just a smart move. From a film point of view, it's just a love letter to the fans. If you see it as more than that, then you're kind of setting yourself up for failure, in my opinion. This isn't meant to be some revolutionary idea or some revolutionary film. Like, I think just for, for Americans, this film is very, I guess, um, important to them. Mm. For black, black Americans, African Americans and everything, because for them, they only have Wakanda and Zamunda as their callbacks to Africa because for some reason they continuously overlook Africa itself. Do you see what I'm saying? Those are the only things they have. So for them to put this film out is like, this is just, I guess it's telling us like, yeah, this is this is what they have. This is what, this is all basically all they have. If you look at this film as a film and you're trying to dissect this as where could the story have been tighter, what could have been better, then yeah, I mean, definitely you can do that, but you're setting yourself up for failure because it's just, it's not important. Like it's really not that deep. Sometimes films are just made to just, 
I right, just enjoy it. If you didn't enjoy it, then you didn't enjoy it. You see what I'm saying? For example, when um I forgot Wesley Snipes' character, I forgot his name, but when he came into the castle and he started fighting Kiki Lane's character, my first thought was, hold on, they're a royal family. Where do they have security? Where do they have guards? How can Mando get beat up like this with no guards? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what is they, I said they were from like another country. Like, what is going on? Like, how is that so simple? But then, I, I, as I was thinking about that, I was just like, yeah. But I mean, if they had guns, then they wouldn't be able to tell the story the way they're telling it. And it's just like, hey, just enjoy it. If you if you don't enjoy it, you don't enjoy it. But like, yeah, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. The film isn't there to be dissected and to be shown um, or to be shown as an example of what could have been done better and all that stuff. It's just, it's not that type of film, in my opinion, but that's my answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's interesting? Like, as you're saying that, what film is there to be dissected then? You can tell. There are films that that definitely take themselves seriously. And and that doesn't mean that they're not comedies. There are comedies that that definitely take themselves seriously. Um, Mm. You kind of put me on the spot here, so I can't can't give you a direct answer straight away. But definitely, there are are a lot of films there that are like um, made to be taken seriously in a way that, yeah, you can dissect and say they should have done this better, should have done that better. And that's just basically through like... um, story arcs and um with the characters journeys and did the character change from beginning to end and all that stuff like you could definitely see a change in um uh, king king prince hakim you can definitely see a change in him from the beginning of the film to the end of the film you can see what story um what journey he went on um in terms of character growth and everything you can definitely see that um so in that aspect then yeah you can do that but okay let's let's say for example and i'm not even trying to knock nollywood this isn't me knocking nollywood but nollywood films are not there to be dissected and um and to be analyzed they're just films they're just there to I be good so. you see what i'm Can saying I, you, I don't think so okay go on i've watched i've watched some nollywood movies that i have i think are there definitely to be dissected and definitely to be like questioned and it's i've, I've watched some great ones i can't lie and i think for me i think what speaks to me i've said this all the time like it's not about the f- Sorry, guys, I hope I didn't cut off. But it's not about, like, the flashiness of the movie that makes it, like, available to dissect. Sometimes it's the subtlety, and that's the things that I I like about movies. And when it comes to Nollywood, I feel like they do a lot of great... I think they do a lot of great character arcs. I think they tell a lot of good stories about where the character starts off and where where the character ends off. They're one of the most obvious categories of people that do that. They're like, the character will start off all, like let's say they're like stuck up and then by the end of it they suddenly learn a lesson where they're like like i don't know they're more appreciative or like they're more like they value life or they value human beings well there's i think i think nolly would do a great job at that i'm starting to really enjoy the the way they tell their story a bit more yeah and i think nolly would do a great job let let me elaborate i'm not okay i'm not saying that um no film is um, above it. What, what, okay, every film will have, especially any film that's like thought through, will have a character that goes on an arc where you can see where they've grown and changed. Every film should have that, in my opinion. Now that's, that should be almost ground zero. Like you should have that, right? But what I'm, what I'm talking about when I say Nollywood is that their films, in terms of timing, um, and this may be just me being elitist because I have film, I basically have studied film, but in terms of timing and um, the, 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 the arcs in the film and act one, act two and everything, they don't follow any of that type of stuff. So I'm not going to sit and analyze 
me personally, I'm not going to say an analyzer, a Nollywood film with my Western European knowledge of the way film is supposed to be, if that makes sense. For, exa- for example, I've worked on, I've worked on, and I've been around Nollywood sets, and they would make a two-hour movie out of a 30-page script. Do you see what I'm saying? And that just tells me from the jump that this isn't thought through the way it's thought through in Western world. So it meets, for me to analyze this film with Western knowledge would be almost um inappropriate if that makes sense so when i I take i kind of take that knowledge when i look at coming to america and i go what is this film supposed to be doing who is this film supposed to be for and if that doesn't marry um if that doesn't marry well with my my knowledge of film then it's like well there's no point in me analyzing this or there's no point in this film being analyzed in with, with the same um with the same knowledge or the same books that you would analyze a christopher nolan film for example that's just the first film that came to my head or um who, who's a good comedy um comedy writer director i can't think of one right now but um, anything that's um, Tom Hardy's in or um, sorry Tom Hanks is in or whatever do you see what I'm saying I'm not going to put this in the same category as big and then go let's see where how these films compare There's, there, it just doesn't yeah I hope that makes sense yeah no I get what you're saying I do get what you're saying I think do you know what I feel like personally it just depends on the person because I feel like everyone did have different expectations for coming to America too I didn't I don't know what my expectations were I didn't even know it was coming out until like the day before and someone told me it's coming out and I was like yeah I'm excited to watch it but I don't think I had any like high expectations however when I did watch it I was like well then so you didn't have high expectations and even those weren't met I promise you I promise you I promise you I promise you I promise I can't say it enough guys like I was just watching like I didn't know what to expect but then I think as I started it and as it started going on I kind of got the vibe as to where this was going from when they they introduced the dad um and when what the grandfather was saying not not Hakeem as the king but like well he's a prince but yeah anyway what the grandfather was saying um, when they introduced him and all his when the way he started speaking and he introduced like oh he has a son I was like yeah I know it's going I was like okay cool like go where you want to go and then the introduction of the son I was like <laughs> this is what we're doing this is actually what we're doing and then it just kept for some reason it just kept on going down I was like this is really but I was, they picked it up at some points they did pick it up at some points but I just feel like yeah I feel like David to answer your question as well like what could they have done better they don't need to have done anything better it is what it is like i'm even trying to think because even after i watched i was like "Hmm, what could have been done better and like at this point maybe my idea could have probably been worse than what they would have done anyway so maybe they worked with what they had and they did the best that they could and i don't think it's a bad film i just feel like it means different things to different people Okay, so what about if we swapped out the idea of what could have been done better with what would have made you enjoy it more? I think I would have enjoyed it more if the daughter was more involved in the story. I was like... Yes, can, we shout out, can we shout out Kiki Lane for a second? Because she is amazing. I just love she her. Her. I see that she has a child and I wonder if she needs a father for that child. That's a weird thing to say. It is. Back. 
but we love her. Yeah, Kiki Lane's amazing. Yay! <laughs> She's amazing. Honestly, she is absolutely amazing. I would have loved to see her in the story way more because I loved. I also loved how they didn't make it competition between her and the guy. I yeah, think that's, that's one thing I really did enjoy. I because I, I felt like it was, I thought it was gonna go that way. I thought it was gonna be like she's gonna feel like she has to sabotage him. But when she didn't, I was like, oh, since you really do deserve it. Like you really do deserve it. You just a good person. You're just good. But it was I. I would have liked to see more of her. Um, the mum as well. She mm-hmm. was, they threw her character down the drain. Like I felt like. She had that whole drunk scene. Where she was. She was That's the, the only um, scene I remember. That's literally the only scene I remember with her really talking. That drunk it's the scene. scenes with her where Eddie Murphy's character pivots his um, ideologies and everything. She's the pivot. Really? Not many. Not that many, but they're that significant. I just, I just remember her like significantly in one. I remember um, there was yeah, I remember her in one because the only ones I remember is her like basically upset about so when she found out about the son she was upset and then at the start when the kids came and she yeah she was a very she was just standing by the side she's like an ornament a beautiful ornament nonetheless but what? I thought she, she was so pivotal to the story but she no she was she like when you when you deep the story yeah and the way in which things progressed and when things changed yeah, she was very important to that, but fair enough. If she was forgettable, you could still be forgettable and have a significant role. So I guess it is. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. I, I will say with that kind of movie, especially in a sequel with all these great actors and everything, like there's just too many great actors and characters to follow all of them properly within the short space of time of one film. Because I, I definitely agree with you, Stacey. I would have loved to see have seen more of Kiki Lane's character. I would have loved to see more of Lisa. I would have loved to see. Now, I mean, but the younger daughters as well. Pardon? The younger daughters, I would have loved to see yeah, them yeah, the as well. Like literally all of them, but um, and I, I, I would have even loved to see more of Wesley Snipes and his people them because Wesley Snipes was funny in that film, man. He was funny, bro. And like Rotten Me, I love Rotten Me. So I, I hated him. Ah, I understand that. I but, hated him. Way you whore. Made me um, sick. <laughs> And Tiana Taylor, obviously, we knew the role she I hated that as well, but we'll get into that. <laughs> we, we, we could get into that, but, you know, but all in all, they're just amazing actors and characters. Even more Tracy Morgan would have been nice, do you know what I mean? But I understand why he only had a limited amount to do in that limited film. So, yeah, it's just the limitations of a film, I guess, when you have just so many great things and trying to call back to everything within one film as well. It's just, it's a lot to do. And I think that they did enough for me, you know? So guys, thinking of sequels now, I I like to think of sequels as having different purposes. So one sequel might be to actually extend the story and the world of something that's already happened before. Those are typically the sequels that you you have a better chance of seeing a stronger story, a stronger review on Rotten Tomatoes. And then there's the sequel where it's literally just a love letter to the people who love the first one. And I think these only really work well when enough time has passed or else it looks like the third type of sequel, which is the worst kind, which is the cash grab. Let's just do the same thing again and see how many people we get to pay the same money to basically watch the same thing again, but worse. Think like a man too. Hmm? Think like a man too. 
Think like a man too. Exactly that. I was about to thank you. You're on my wavelength. Okay. Because Come to America 2 falls into the nostalgia, love letter. I mean, I know we've seen this before, but it's been 30 years. Of course, give it to me again. I don't mind this. You know what I mean? Creed 2, obviously different genre to comedies, but it's like, okay, we saw him lose at the end of the first film. So obviously we need to see him win. Do you know what I mean? So it makes sense to make Creed 2. Think like a man too. Okay. Didn't need to happen. Because I was good. Okay, I was good. I was happy. And you know what? But at least, at least they did do the thing that I hate, that I absolutely hate in sequels. And that's, it's, 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 it's very specific to rom-coms, rom-com movies. But it's when they spend one rom-com building up one beautiful relationship, making you root for the relationship. And then they get to the end of the film and they're together and everybody's happy. And then you get a sequel and suddenly the leading lady's just not there. And he's trying to find love with someone else. And I'm watching the film like, why do I, why do I care about this? What film did that? that? Bear films do this, but the one off the top of my head that I could think Talk of. Talk to me. Talk to me. But remember Ted. I flipping loved Ted. Okay. Yeah. Ted too. They got rid of Mila Kunis. They didn't even tell me why. They didn't yeah. even tell me how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Eddie Murphy. I love Nutty Professor. But damn it, what happened to Jada? Yeah. I'm just gonna accept that Janet is here now, and you know, at least call her the same character, but you recast somebody. But to say actually, that whole two hours you spent loving this relationship was nothing. I guess that kind of makes sense in the real world because you know, relationships here and there fall, and you yeah, know, I was gonna say that that would be the filmmaker's <laughs> justification. Feel <laughs> it? It's a movie. Damn it! I want happiness. I want sunshine and rainbows. Because you know, like <laughs> that, that would actually be a full maker justification to be like, you know, in, in life, you know, you, we have relationships and yeah. you know, we have their seasons, and yeah. you know, we saw this character go on a, a journey with this, with this significant other, but you know, sometimes you break up and you don't see that person again, and then, now we're exploring a moment where you know they're exploring something new with another person. It's like, yeah, whatever. That makes sense, but movies don't always need to make sense, movie maker. Okay, so, okay, I'm a question to you guys. What are your thoughts on the idea of sequels and reboots in general? Because there, there, there's ongoing debate, especially nowadays, where they seem to be re- rebooting every damn thing, where it's like, oh, they're making another Tom and Jerry. Obviously, Tom and Jerry's a franchise that'll keep going, but then they're rebooting SpongeBob and taking them to school. I know how my examples are cartoons right now. I'm sure you see. <laughs> Even those are cartoons, but they're cartoons being made live action. They Home just alone. reboot every Home damn alone. thing. Home Alone, yeah, they, they try to reboot Home Alone. I'm not saying I'm for or against, I just want to hear your guys' thoughts on the idea of just sequels, reboots, just basically keeping existing franchises going. And my answer and my question, sorry, on the tail end of this question is do you think that limits creativity? Do you think that limits new talent? Stacey? That's a good question. That's a really good question. I I think, you know, what with reboots, mm. at this point, at first, I think when I first started seeing them, I was a bit mad because I was like, they're just not as good as the first <laughs> ones. Like, they're just not as good. And I was like, so what's the point? Like, what are you guys doing? But now I'm just here for the fact, just to enjoy them. And also, I think it's, I, I, I think I've understood that movies aren't just for me. Like, Stacey, get over yourself in the sense of like, other people enjoy whatever they're doing with the reboot. Like you guys said, that love letter um, narrative 
perspective really fits well with other people and that's fair that's fair I don't have to understand it but you know go on with your bad self or like in terms because do you know what I don't think it limits creativity because I know a lot of the times if we think about music a lot of music is rebooted like if we think about like the the beats that people use recycled so many people recycle and they do a good job as well sometimes not good but most of the time it still bangs like the beat still bangs um so I'm like do as you do as you may creativity is only limited by the person it's only limited by yourself i don't think that limits anyone's creativity i say do do your reboot man i'm not mad at that i'm not mad at it yeah so i used to be but now i'm like do you baby like it's for the people it's not just for me so yeah i'm not mad at it Hmm. what about you phil yeah um i guess I, i think i'm very much on the same page as stacy um I see, I feel like there's a lot of entitlement in audiences. It's, I don't know whether it's just nowadays because always just that we're only seeing it on Twitter, but there's a lot of entitlement where everyone feels like every film is made for them. And it's like, it's, it's just not. And the, the, um, the, the, I guess, prevalent or the, the most common argument would be, we didn't need it the first time was fine. This is this is for reboots. Yeah, like we didn't need it the first time was fine. And it's like, bro, but, it, it was fine for that time like mm-hmm. i feel like there's some concepts yeah that are so amazing like obviously they're going to be a cash grabbing idea because uh, sorry to do the reboot would be a cash grabbing idea obviously because look at the first one you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. like why wouldn't you do that again but um yeah i feel like there, there's some ideas where it's like that was made for that time and that era and the concept is so good that you could take that concept and do it again today and it wouldn't necessarily change the essence of the film it would just fit and appeal to a new young audience if that makes sense so for example you know when um, lion king came out mm-hmm. personally i don't like lion king because i don't like it visually i don't like to see a realistic i'm talking about the new one i don't like to see a realistic looking lion singing i just hate it you see know what i'm saying but i get it because nowadays that's what everyone's doing technology's at that point where they can do that so they're gonna go and try and do that and the kids that are growing up are growing up watching that so it's gonna fit them more than it would a 90s version i think it was what 98 or something like that i can't remember when the first um lion king came out it's gonna fit them far more than that one would i'm not saying that a, a kid from nowadays couldn't enjoy the old version but it's like this one's actually made for newer audiences do you see what i'm saying um same thing with like aladdin um and uh beauty and the beast and all that stuff all those disney ones um and then even when you go into stuff like home alone mm. they can't a kid nowadays cannot okay this this is this is this is my hot take here because i remember with someone at work oh, he's kids nowadays, yeah, could not watch mm-hmm. home alone from the from the 90s and the early 2000s and get it there's no way because they'll be thinking why didn't you text your mum where where was the wi-fi are you telling me that you couldn't live at home without what do you see what i'm saying they'll be thinking about all these like technologies got to a point where kids are kids are accessing technology at such a young age where it just doesn't make sense for them to be like why doesn't um what's his name uh is it, what was the name of the character in home alone uh, what's his name you say jinch was it? Yeah, well, well I mean, I've got his character, that's the actor in it. But why couldn't Macaulay Culkin just text his mom? Why doesn't he have a phone? Do you see mm. what I'm saying? So for them to like obviously the, the new Disney um the, the new Disney Plus Home Alone is in the works right now. I think they're filming right now. 
but mm. it makes sense for them to redo it. Do you see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So sometimes I feel like reboots are very much necessary. And also, I feel like I feel I was, I was very cemented in the idea that um, Stacey and I share when it comes to this. When I realized that, hold on, some of the films I enjoy the most are already reboots. Mm. When I found out Death at a Funeral was a reboot, I oh, was yeah. so annoyed, bro. <laughs> and David doesn't want to let me forget it, but I was so annoyed, bro. And then that's when I realized that listen, what about if someone's just watching this for the first time not knowing it's a reboot? It's what it is. You see what I'm yeah. saying? It's like when you when you like when Stacey brought up music, you listen to a song and you realize, oh that's a sample, oh and that's a sample of a sample, and that's a sample of a sample of a sample. It's like mm-hmm. just enjoy it, man. Like what, what what is this, bro? But that's that's how I feel about reboots in general. The sequels, I think it's a completely different story. But David? You could go into that story about sequels. Tell the story. So the sequels, um, yeah, I like what you said in terms of the examples of why sequels um, w- would be made. I don't, I wouldn't necessarily put them in the same category as reboots. Obviously, all films are um, money grabbing ideas, but we're coming to America. One could look at it as a money grabbing idea, and I think I said that earlier that you could look at it as a money grabbing idea. But now I'm starting to question: Is it that much of a money grabbing idea, considering the fact that it didn't have a theatrical release? had a mm. had a digital release mm. so how much of a money grabbing idea really is it like obviously they want to make money off this film like there's no doubt but it didn't get a theatrical release and i thought that's an important variable when we consider why a sequel is being made but i feel mm. like sometimes i know like well, there's a lot of elitist film film critics and everything that just think sequels are stupid but <laughs> one of the best sequels ever spider-man 2 amazing sequel Rex 2 like Captain America the Winter Soldier do you see what I'm saying like there's a lot of sequels that are just mm-hmm. amazing and then there's other ideas where it's like okay so you've got like Grown Ups and then Grown Ups 2 and it's mm. like this doesn't feel like this doesn't necessarily feel like an expansion of the universe and where the characters are it literally mm. just feels like oh there's one adventure there's another adventure so it's like you can watch them in either order obviously I think they have um, they have more children some of the children grow up more obviously in the films but when you turn, when you look at the adventures that they're going on it's like that adventure could have happened there and that adventure could have happened there you can swap them around it doesn't really matter so when to say grown ups like two as a, as a sequel to the first one it feels a bit loose because it's just like this is just another story if that makes sense mm. um but yeah, there was another example I had. But yeah, sorry, um, David. Oh, cool. No, thank you, guys. That was that was that was dope. That was. You know what's crazy? Talk sorry, something just popped into my head. Like, if I was to think of who actually, in my opinion, does sequels, air quotes, well, and this is why I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> I think. Tyler Perry. You're gonna say Tyler Perry. <laughs> I think he does sequels well. Only because I don't think I wanna say this on air. <laughs> I don't think I wanna continue this on air. Say it, say it, yeah, say it. If it doesn't go well, I'll bleep it or I'll cut it out. Mm. Okay. I, I I I love him. I think he's a talented guy, smart in his own right. But I feel like his he does sequels well because the first ones weren't that great anyway. Like, that's a fair point. I feel like I'm following on a story that Mm. I was like, wasn't excited about, but you know, I watched it and I was like, okay, Mm. fair enough. Like I I got the point of the story. And then you watch the next one. Like if I think about Medea and the Medea stories, like Mm. I think he does that very well, just for the sake of like, 
it is what it is. Like he could he could keep doing Medea forever, and I would just take it. Like <laughs> I would just be like, yeah, cool, bro, good mm. one, next one. Like okay, we come again. Okay, good one. Like I would just keep on taking it, and I think that's due to like probably the, the expectation that I have for it. So I'm just like, it is what it is. But with like other things, if I was to think about other sequels, I don't know. I think the sequels that work well are probably the sequels that are, that's a lie. I was going to say the sequels that work well are sequels that have been written as books and then turned into the movies. But that's a big lie because I don't think people do them justice sometimes. Like Harry Potter, great. Harry Potter, great. <laughs> Harry Potter, great. Like, great. I wasn't I allowed to watch Harry Potter because my mommy I wasn't allowed to watch Harry Potter because my mom said there's witchcraft in them, man. So. But she watched Nollywood, so. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> She's actually watching Nollywood. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They actually stole a little bit, of, a little bit, just a little bit of your childhood because <laughs> Harry Potter as a kid was so fun to watch, and then the sequels was it just kept on getting better because the way they told the story and the way that they grew up as well in the story was just well written. Like everything was really well done, and like the technology grew up really well with the characters as well. So that was nice to watch. And that was like a book that turned into a, a film. But other ones that haven't done well, I'm going to say to all the boys I loved before, I didn't even like that story. Oh, I really don't enjoy it. I think it's very... I'm not going to lie, I rate it because you don't see that enough nowadays. They did a trilogy. That was... Yeah, I didn't, they did a I didn't watch it, but I watched it and yeah. The first one, see, the first one, I, did, I didn't really enjoy only because... It's, it's, it's very corny it's for kids I get it so I was like it's not for me to enjoy it. and the people that did enjoy it you like corny love stories you don't like reality you love fantasy do it why did you say love that in a derogatory time. way <laughs> you don't like reality you live in la la land delusional dons blood delusional dons out here watching rom coms some of us are out here trying to work and grind didn't some of us are out here trying to make money and make if you want to stay there in dreamland, do your thing. Do it, in it. No, you get me. I'm like, okay. But like a story like when Harry met Sally, that is a rom-com, rom-com I can get with. Like I can be about because it was so like, it wasn't all airy-fairy. Like it wasn't just like, oh, like, and then this happened. And we just happened to be at the exact same time in the exact same place. And life just works out perfectly when random people just, I was just like, just yeah, know. And the then- premise of This Is Us? <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't watch This Is Us, by the way. I don't, I don't, I don't delve into that. So you guys, that's, that's, that's you, that's you man's thing. Because also, it's it. too soppy for me. It's way too soppy for me. But um, well, I thought you said soft. I was about to be like, "What is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you into, bro?" <laughs> 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 hard enough. Feelings and emotions and that. Like, what's going on? Like, emotional pull in the narrative and that. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> it's way too emotional but yeah I was gonna say like okay so with sequels yeah it goes right it goes wrong I don't know what makes it go right and what makes it go wrong but I think mostly it has to do with the people that are behind the camera so like let's say the producers and the writers and the people who are involved in changing the story from the book to um, movie 
um, that's in terms of the book and the movie part. But yeah, I think life is just about just experiencing, man. It's just about experiencing at this point in time. Like, <laughs> honestly, like sometimes I'm like, if I have too many, too many, too much opinions and too many opinions, I'm upsetting myself, bro. Like, no one cares. Honestly, <laughs> no one cares. honestly, oh, word, word. that's a good word. Oh my days, Stacey. It's happen anyway. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> But I'm glad you brought up the stuff about books because, you know, just in general. So when it comes to the other side, actually making the films now, when you have existing IP, a book, a sequel, a franchise, a reboot, you are a shoe-in or you have a better chance of getting that thing made. We are new filmmakers. We do not have existing IP. We do not have a sequel, a franchise or a reboot to do. Does that intimidate you? as an aspiring filmmaker because you have your unique creative story but you know that's going to be harder to sell this compared to coming to America free absolutely actually I don't think it's does it scare me actually no it doesn't scare me but it's something that I'm very much aware of yeah like a sequel idea Hmm. is pretty is always going to be similar to having a proof of concept before you pitch your idea like mm. the, I, the proof is there do you see what i'm saying so yeah. to make a sequel would be a lot easier anyway or to make mm. something based on something or do you know what i mean like um it's, it's, it's always going to be easier to do that anyway but then mm. that never i don't think it's ever hint it's been a hindrance in terms of me um coming up with ideas but i feel like uh, uh, pitching a sequel or pitching something based on something i feel like will probably be good for you as a writer or a producer or director or what have you it'll be good for you to sharpen your your your, your tools because you're, you're 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 now working with something that already exists let's say for example you get the opportunity to be a writer on a show more yeah. time the show has probably been already been like it probably already been made you're just now a writer and you're saying oh where are these characters going now and i feel like that's a way for you to really start to think about characters in a very progressive way because the character didn't come from you you're taking a character that already exists and saying where, where would this story now go if that makes sense because i think sometimes we have a story and then make characters fill that story but now you already have characters and a story what's next you see what i'm saying so but i i feel like um as a writer or anyone in this position it will be good for you to to be able to do both in my opinion but it sh- you shouldn't ever be intimidated I, it's just it's just always going to be easier to pitch a sequel because there's already a proof of concept that exists basically mm. it's so good no i hear that no i hear that i don't think i'm intimidated per se i think like in a way all the stories are reboots like ed like i think listening to you guys write and the journey that you guys taking your writing and your inspiration and stuff even with me as well with my inspiration of my writing everything's kind of already been done under the sun like every everything's been done and that's okay i'm i'm not mad at that at all i don't think i'm intimidated by the idea of pitching new ideas or trying to make sure i do a sequel or not i think what intimidates me the most is the fact that i feel like no no one wants to hear no like there's not i don't feel like my voice can be heard in the space of the industry i I generally don't feel like my voice can be heard i don't know if there's a place for me to speak out and be heard 
unless I like play the game right or I do the right things and you know I meet the right people and I sell a bit of my soul but um like yeah I don't think I'm intimidated by the the creative aspect of it I'm preaching I'm here like if they don't like the idea I'm here to make it anyway like if they don't like it I genuinely believe that we have great ideas inside of us. There's so much ingenuity in the way that we come up with things and individuality, no matter what, whatever we come up with will never be the same as whatever someone else comes up with. And however I pitch it, if you don't like it, that's fair enough. I'm not intimidated, that's fair. You're allowed, to, that's your business as well. Like you got a business, you got to run. If you feel like it's not going to sell, do you. But then it just makes me feel like, what do I have to do now? I have to think of new ideas to make my story be heard if I'm really passionate about it. So no, not intimidate per se, but somewhat pushes me to find new new ways to get my story out there. Mm. It's beautiful. That's so good. Thank you for that. Now, uh, now we're going to have some fun. Okay, so you have a film to make a sequel to and a film to reboot. What are those films? I'll go first so you guys have a bit of time. Now, my reboot is definitely going to have to be... Okay, it's one or two. Boomerang. <laughs> yeah, you see, you got me. You got me. It's never going to be Boomerang or Think Like a Man because I have to be in either of those films. And yeah, you can just- be Michael Ely. Yeah, um, thank you, sir. He I, would be so good. He could oh, do Michael even better than so good. me. Say every single time. I don't oh. think you understand. I watch about last night at least once a week, and I told Darren, <laughs> "Listen, that's David. David could do that way better than Michael." Oh, man. Hey, bro, oh, come yeah. on, give me so a laugh. Perfect guy. The perfect guy. Terrible film, but David could smash that role. <laughs> I could be toxic. I could. I see it for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool now, but yeah, definitely, definitely reboot Boomerang, make it British, make it black British, set it in the heart of London. Me, Theo, some other people. You guys don't know Theo listening, but I just, I think about it a lot. That's how much I think about it, guys. Yeah, that'll just be amazing. But sequel, sequel's a bit harder. I actually don't know what I'd sequel. I'm just going to take the easy way out and say I'd make another Rocky movie, but as a different character, just like they did Creed. I'll be, uh, I don't know Rocky character's good enough, but I'll be Creed's cousin, because uh, I've also recently got into boxing, and I think that would be very fun, you know? Why would just Punching things, being violent and topless on screen, about sweaty. Three? Hmm? Go on. Three, I think they're already making a Creed free. That, that, no. uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's on route. I mean, Creed's about to have a son. I could be his son in like the future. I'll be maybe cool. He just had a door. Well, maybe he has a son in 2050 and we're fighting robots now. That's my sequel. <sighs> Anyways, Phil, Stacey, you've had time to think on yours. A reboot and a sequel. Go. Phil? Um, my, my sequel would be... Um, no, nah, I don't think I have one. I, I do it. Because I love the verse, yeah. I like them just... Let them just that. Yeah. Now, I was yeah. thinking that awkward moment. Would I want to see another one? No, nah, nah. that could end it. Baby Driver, would I want to see another one? That would even make sense. Everyone died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Driving in a different country, doing the whole thing. Uh, so, um, driver. <laughs> so for sequel, for sequel, I, I, I don't, I don't know if there is one. I'll have a think. I'll think harder. But for mm. um, a reboot, I would say X Men One. Okay, and I hope they just actually make 
Storm African. Like, don't get me wrong, Halle Berry was cool, Alexandra Ship was cool, but Storm is an African. She's from Kenya, so I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather that. Um, um, and one of the ladies from Coming to America too, Marimbe, she should be Storm. She's amazing. No, no I've worked with her. You, would you? Huh? Yeah, no, I'm a rapper. I worked with her. Do you have her Instagram? Will she follow me back? No, nah, she has three million followers now, but uh, yeah. That's great. Let's stop that there. Yeah, so <laughs> well, I mean, it, was, it was cool to see at least two actual Africans in mm. like those Nonzamo Bafa and um Trevor Noah. I guess and that David was, he was on stage. That was nice. Oh, it was just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. He counts. All right, fair. Oh gosh. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, re- reboots. Um, yeah, X Men, the first one. I'd like they've rebooted X Men so many times, but I guess mm-hmm. X Men the first one. Home Alone. I, I would like. I still would like to reboot. I know they're doing that. Yeah, um, I but I think that's it for now. Yeah, stay Fair safe. Enough. Okay, so I was thinking while you guys were speaking. So well, thank you. I love what you guys were saying as well. Amazing. Ugh, I love it. Um, I was thinking though, like. For a reboot, I'm so scared because, like I said, I don't think anyone's going to do it, like, better than it was done before. But living single, if we could have black people (laughs) reboot it, like, properly. That is the best pick I've ever heard. Stacey, you need a round of applause for that. I'm sorry. (laughs) Take a second to appreciate yourself right now. You just did something amazing. You just did something fantastic. I don't think you know. The world is calling out for another living single. That's basically what Insecure is when you think about it. But I'm talking about an ensemble cast one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might have just did some. <laughs> you might have just did a little. But can I say little something? Talk about David, it. You've written something a little similar to that. I have. When? I think you have, but you wrote it as like a movie. I think the concept that you wrote for moments, the movie, could oh, very much be. Oh turned into something like that for a British, like with a British cast and in a British environment. You, you, I, I really see that very well. Um, in terms of a sequel, it's crazy you said X-Men, because I was thinking X-Men as a sequel, because they, they keep throwing out them sequels and the reboots, and I love X-Men, like, I genuinely love it. I think they, they need to be slapped on the wrist for Phoenix. For sure. Shame on you, bad boy. but x-men like i i love their sequels man i love their sequels and phil what you said about the first the first x-men that came out oh they have my heart (laughs) (laughs) i think they cast it so well but yeah i would love to see a black storm or an african storm but a black one I'd love to see Stacey play Storm, to be honest. I think that no, would be won't. Crazy. I would love to, but I mean, if, if it came out, I'd definitely take it. I'm not saying no to that. I'm not saying no to that. I'm running for that. Yours. I'm that for that. What are you talking you know about? Me? <laughs> but yeah, what about you? Oh, no, David, you already said yours. Yeah, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. But that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's good. Final final thoughts, final words. Uh, just like I've been seeing on Twitter, people, you know, they like to compare and contrast, and I get it also. 
I believe that greatness is allowed to exist in multiple areas at the same time, as we all know. But just for the fun of it, there's been the Eddie Murphy's movie catalogue versus Kevin Hart's movie catalogue debate going on. Now, 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 I've seen your faces turn. I'm seeing your faces turn. I'm hearing noises and I understand. I understand. But I feel like... I feel like it's fair to say a lot of nostalgia is coming into play when we're comparing both catalogs. Okay, that's I, I, that's just that's just the way I feel because I feel like people are forgetting that Kevin Hart, K. Hart, has given us some classics. That's all I'm gonna say. That's what, I'm, I'm gonna let you guys talk. But that's what I'm gonna say. That's what I'm gonna like. Boomerang is still yeah. the greatest film ever, but so is Think Like a Man. That's what I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't, I don't even want to indulge. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I don't want to indulge. Oh, like, I have my answer, but the conversation just feels so like mm. it feels like to have the conversation is like I just I just want to enjoy it. Like, I'm not even Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I definitely feel like Eddie Murphy has a better catalogue, but I I enjoy both of them so much that comparing them just long, man. I don't really want to do that. Yeah. No, I hear that. I hear that. I think yeah, I I I, I didn't think it was a conversation to be had. I don't know why it's <laughs> happening. Because I think it's not fair. Just yeah. because they're different people as well. Like, you mm. have to let these people live. Like, yeah. don't compare and contrast because what are you comparing on contrast at the end of the day? Like, mm. what are their different times? Even people that were in the same time had something unique about them that was funny and wasn't funny. Like, if I was to think about um, Eddie Murphy, who, well, let's, who else was doing comedy back in? Like, someone like Dave Chappelle different like his comedy is different to Eddie Murphy's like everyone's different I'm gonna enjoy it for what it is and if I don't enjoy it just say that like if you don't like Kevin Hart just say that like don't, yeah. don't do that don't go and compare him with someone else that's rude just say you don't like him facts on facts on facts right thank you for speaking to me today guys this has been lovely I think Honestly. we to round it up and say goodbye to all the people listening well, quick one quick one yeah we'll have to get into it too tough but do you guys see the <sighs> Did you guys see the whole thing about um I think someone tweeted this, it was like something along the lines of Americans will um Americans will get annoyed when they see a British person playing an American role, but then they somehow justified all these people using African accents. Oh dear. Quote unquote African accents in mm-hmm. coming to America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah. That was interesting. Dude. Yeah. I, I think I think that's a different conversation for a different podcast. I think we should definitely have that conversation because I got medical opinions. I got medical opinions. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready. That's hard. Well. But yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. It was fun. It was good. It was. Thank you, David. Uh, you had good questions. Like, damn. You stop. You got to facilitate more. Like, you yeah. Like, yeah. You guys can't see, but David's beard is looking good and moist. Hey, oh, wait, wait, we don't. Hey. Okay. Hey. <laughs> this has been the one podcast and we're signing out. Uh, we can even cut out the last 50 seconds. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, farewell. Okay. Yeah, bye, guys. Bye. Bye.